we are in the middle of a series here um, to do with um, Nehemiah. And uh, last week, uh, we had an all age where basically I summed up the book of Nehemiah in six minutes. And uh, there it was. It was, uh, there's an issue. Oh, that's the wrong button. There's, there's an issue here um, which faces Nehemiah. And uh, his heart um, is moved. And the issue for him was the walls of uh, Jerusalem are down, meaning the God's uh, holy city was in ruins. And uh, Nehemiah, if you know, uh, the book of Nehemiah was not in uh, Jerusalem, but was in Babylon, in Persia. So he asks the king, can he go? Because he's moved by something. And the king actually says, yes, the king could have killed him. But the king says, no, go. So God's hand was upon Nehemiah. And, and this comes through here. He was praying and he was listening to God. And through that, there was action. He moved back to Jerusalem and there led uh, the rebuilding of the walls. And I said lastly, there were some difficulties and challenges. Things got tough. They continued to pray. They continued to work until the walls were rebuilt. Okay, you can turn those lights back on now, Rose. Now, if you have a Bible, um, try and find... Nehemiah chapter 3. The backdrop here for us is this series of uh, renewing, restoring, and rebuilding. Terry, a couple of weeks ago, um, I'll touch on it a little bit more, talked about what it is about renewing things in our lives. And we wanted to do this kind of on the back of coming out of COVID. Now, COVID does seem some time ago, but people are still suffering. I had my jab on Thursday. Uh, everybody else had their jab yet? She was vicious. Oh, made me jump. <laughs> uh, and drew a little bit of blood, actually, as well. Um, felt pretty rough on Friday, but was fine yesterday. So, Nehemiah, chapter 3. My Bible says, builders of the wall. Now, we are going to read Nehemiah, chapter 3, together. But I'd like to ask and invite six readers to read those sections, verse 1 to 5, 6 to 12, 13 to 16, 17 to 21, 22 to 27, 28 to 32. So have a think if that's you, and then you can read it out just where you are, you can just shout it out. So have a think, and uh, whilst we're reading it, let's do some thinking about what we're reading. Whilst we're reading, could somebody, or a few of you, jot down the names of the people who are being read. Now, some of them are a bit difficult. Okay, just have a go. Just, just have a go at reading it. Because who knows if we're going to um, pronounce them right. But somebody, or a few of you, jot down how many different names are mentioned as we go through chapter 3. Alongside that, could somebody jot down who were they? Because it actually tells you. It actually says, as we're reading through this, a little bit about who those people are. And the third category is... How many people are mentioned in the rebuilding of the wall? So I need a few readers. Somebody or a few people to jot down the names. Somebody to jot down who were they and how many people. Who, who's happy to jot down some names for me? Good old Tarina. In purple, I hope. Oh, yep. You, you, you want to help us? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay, what about who were they? Anybody's going to jot, jot down that? Are you... Oh, yes, okay, brilliant, thank you. You can jot down who they were. 
And how many people, who'd like to count up how many people are mentioned there? Maybe somebody on this side of the room. Valanelli, are you going to do it together? Teamwork? Okay. Now, what about some readers? Have we got some readers? Who, who would like to read for us? In fact, just, just stand up and read out from where you are, okay? So we'll start with chapter one. I'm just in faith that it's going to be six readers who don't mind reading it out for us, okay? We'll cheer them on. They don't quite get the names right. It's all right, because some of them are a bit complex. So let's listen. Do you remember last week we talked about the different gates? Look out for the gates, because there's ten gates that are mentioned as well. So who's going to be our first reader? On your marks, get set, go. And um, you just notice there, uh, it says, the last verse there talks about the sheep gate. If you flick over back, you, you see the start of the sheep gate. So we've done a whole uh, 360 walk around the walls of Jerusalem. So that's where we started, went all the way around, all the different gates. Now then, how many names were mentioned there, Tarina? <laughs> Roughly? What did you get? You were, pardon? What did you say? No. Oh, add, can you add them up? Did you, get, did you count them? Anybody else count them? No. no? We thought, okay. Whilst you're counting them, Alison, shout out some of the things that, uh, that was mentioned about the kind of people who were rebuilding the wall. One of the goldsmiths. Perfume maker. Some rulers. Priests. Temple servants. Um, uh, oh God, um, and then we've got goldsmiths, temple servants, uh, merchants. Some more merchants, yeah. yeah. Okay, so quite a variety of people there. Not, not builders. <laughs> <laughs> Were they? Goldsmiths, temple servants. Patricia? Yes, in verse 13, somebody's daughters. Somebody's daughters, yeah. Any, anything else that, that you heard? We'll come back to the numbers in a minute. Any other professions that, or t people, the people groups that were mentioned? that stood out. Residents, yep, yeah, local residents, yes, yeah, a bit of self-building going on. <laughs> bit of a grand design approach here. Okay, Tarina, roughly how many people? About 76. About 76 different people. Um, and you got the, how many names did you have? You got 76 names. Okay, so... So families of... And what did you get when you added the all What did you get? Oh, but you heard it. So how many did you get? I thought there were about 40 individuals. Yeah. And there were several groups, I think it was the Saturday Fellow Priest. Yeah. There were several groups of priests. Yeah. Men of Shikara, men of Gideon. Yeah, so groups of guys, yeah. And there was the goldsmith and his merchants. The goldsmith and his merchants, yeah. So about 40 individuals, but, but groups of people. So you get this sort of picture of people who weren't builders getting stuck into that section of the wall. Goldsmiths, rulers, families, groups of women which are working on the wall together. So it must have been fascinating, mustn't it, for Nehemiah, walking around, seeing these different groups of people. Somebody did it really zealously. You know, look at the bit that I've done, look at the bit that I've done. I mean, it must have looked quite interesting to see. And what does that then say, say to us then? Well, hold those thoughts, because we'll come on to that um, in a little bit. There's lots of people being involved in rebuilding on different sections of the wall. Thank you again to uh, those people who are totting up names, and thank you for the readers as well. So, let's hold those thoughts. We're renewing something at the moment, but how do we renew things? 
When I hear the word renew, when I think of the Bible, I try to think, well, where else is that word mentioned? Renewing. Maybe you think, well, where, where have I heard that before? Because sometimes there are certain words that keep cropping up throughout the scriptures. And there's like something God is trying to say to us. So that's why it's good to keep reading the whole of the Bible. And we try and get a message of what, what is God trying to say. And uh, Jim's going like this. Renew. Renew. Your, that, that's what I would think. Yeah, renew our mind. Uh, and here's the verse that I think Jim was thinking of. This is Paul's letter to the Romans. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I think that's still relevant today. The world in which we live, we as God's people, as his church, we are called to not go along with it, with that pattern, but to have our minds renewed. Now, if you were to study that word renew, to look at the word in, in Greek, it says it's not an event, but a process. Most of life, let's face it, is a process. And this is how I think my mind's been renewed. Starts off doing well, have a few slip-ups. Sometimes I think I go around a little bit in circles. Um, but then I kind of think I get there. That's kind of, I think, how my mind's been renewed. Do you agree with me? Yeah. It's not a straight line, is it? Let's face it. There are some days where I think I'm being a little bit not renewed. My old self seems to kind of bubble away. There are certain times when I just think, I just seem to be going round an issue over and over and over again. But then I kind of get to a point of breakthrough and sort of move on. Are you like that as well? Yeah. So renewing is about our God renewing our mind. And that's, that's so important, isn't it? For us as God's people to have our minds renewed. Our perspective begins to change. I was talking to a lady uh, recently who's on a journey of faith. And to be honest, before uh, I got to know her, she didn't really have much faith in her life. But she was telling me, and this was not on the train, um, she was telling me that as she's reading the Bible, she said, I'm beginning to look at life a little bit differently. And I thought, wow, that's, that's the grace of God already at work in her, renewing her mind. And don't you find, I find that sometimes, I, I, I read things in the Bible and God begins to work in me and I begin to look at things differently. It's like my priorities become less important and God's priorities become more important. It's like I begin to see the world as God sees the world. I begin to feel pain as God feels pain. My heart begins to break for things that break God's heart. I find I can find myself crying over something when I thought, what are you doing? But it's like, it's like the grace and the vision of God, my hard heart, to use another word picture, becomes like God's heart, a soft heart. And that's what renewing is, is all about. And... <coughs> I think, I think what I'm sort of sensing is like, yeah, it happens in you as well, you know? But the more we allow God to renew our mind, the more we begin to see this world, this broken, hurting world, as God sees it. So we are uh, renewed. And it really is all about our hearts, isn't it? 
we did that series, um, Fools on the Hill, and time and time again, we kept coming back to it's about our heart. And when we have a, a soft heart or we, or we love somebody, then the love should lead to action. Just think about that. And if you really love somebody, it should lead to some form of action. I mean, ultimately, if you think about it, a man and a woman get married and their love leads to procreation, doesn't it? But love, without saying anything about it, is pointless, isn't it? Now, we can express love in different ways. We can go through the different love languages. But love should actually lead us to do something. And our faith, our love for God, as he does stuff in our heart, then should lead us to action. Um, just have a look at this verse with me. This is from the book of James. And in our small group, we're looking at the book of James, and we're going to come to this in a few weeks' time group. So here's a bit of homework. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. I'll read that again. <laughs> show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. In other words, he's saying, my faith isn't just an internal thing of, of nice thoughts and feelings. No, James is saying, there should be evidence of our faith. We do things because of our faith. There are some things we don't do because of our faith, now, it's nothing to do with our salvation. That's done by the grace of God. But we are saved to do God's work. Yeah. We are saved to do the things that God wants us to do. So when our heart becomes soft, we begin to see and feel as God sees. And then, as James tells us, we then begin to do things. I'd put it as bluntly as saying, doing nothing is not an option. It's just not an option for us as Christians. So as we're being renewed, the golden ticket is, so what do you want me to do, Lord? Surely that has to be the question. We say to God, what is the thing you want me to do? Now we have been through ups and downs I mean, over the last few years. It's been really strange, really weird, and here we are in this post-COVID world. And it's so unsettling, isn't it? COVID was unsettling. And it's still, I would say, it's still unsettling. I don't think we're in a time of real peace. Just look at some of these images here. I mean, the war in Ukraine, that's still going on, isn't it? And we read about it every day in the news. This nation is going through war and it's affecting the whole world, isn't it? And uh, I was just talking um, the other day to another lady, again, they're not on the train. Um, and, and they've taken in a, 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 young, a young student lady. Um, so how's, how's it going? She, oh, great. She said, she's just so grateful to be here, to be in a place of freedom. And it's not a Christian, but she's there in a Christian family, just being part of their family. She can be there for at least six months. Thought, well, well done you for doing that. Fantastic. What about this? You know, the asylum seekers. Still a, a big deal. Uh, there, there's um, uh, you guys here, Ali, and I'm oh, sorry, I forgot your name. Majid, thank you. Just, you know, amongst us here this morning. Um, it's a big deal, isn't it? Just look at them coming across the channel on a boat like that. Awful, isn't it? This is the world in which we live. What about the cost of living crisis that, that we're facing? You know, will, will the month last with the money? You know, we need to keep our eyes on God. Remember, you know, we don't serve money, we serve God, don't we? Remember, just put him first, 
honour him first and he will take care of our needs. The Apostle Paul says, I've been content with and without. There might be a season when we go without a little bit. But let's learn that contentment, okay. What about the death of Her Majesty? That was a big deal, wasn't it? Um, just, it was, it was a, a pillar that is, is no longer there. You know, we're in this new season, aren't we? Um, I mean, I, I think I've said it before, but I sat and watched it, you know, I was drained at the end of it, because it was just so emotional. But that's going on odd. What about our politics? You know? I'm not asking you to express your political view, but we've had three prime ministers already this year, haven't we? Um, we think it's going to be stable, but you never know, do you? You just don't, you just don't know. But the things that, that we used to maybe rely on uh, for that stability, it's not there at the moment, is it? There's lots going on in our world where we need God. We need your intervention. We need to be praying. And uh, Tuesday nights, uh, prayer time, online Zoom. If you don't have a small group on Tuesday, we have a small group on Tuesday. Join in the prayer. Get behind, because we need God to intervene. So lots going on in our world, isn't there? So in this unsettled state, there is a time, I think, for us to just hit that pause button. And I think that's what's really going on. I certainly have seen it with some people I talk to, maybe in church life. Some people just hit the pause button. It's like, what is going on here? I just need to stop and think a little bit. And sometimes we just have to consider What's going on there? And I think that's, that's a good thing to do every now and again, just to pause what you're doing and just to think a little about what you're doing. And then it's time for action. On some occasions, for some people, they begin something new. They just think, you know, I pause. I'm not going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to do something new. For others, you go back and do the same thing again, but there's a renewed sense of vision and passion and energy. And I'd have to think, also, there are times when you just do a bit of both. Well, we might do a bit of this, but I'm going to do that as well. It, mostly, I think it's a hybrid. You know, I don't think it's also, that therefore, is really ex- extreme that people just dump something and do something else. I usually see a bit of a hybrid going on there. And this is the kind of place maybe you might be in today. Now, when Terry spoke a few weeks ago, there he is. What a handsome man he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was, this was the wall where Terry invited people to write up some, some vision things for the church here. And they were really, really good things that were uh, written up. I won't read them all. But as I read through, I happened to be down doing the kids' work on that day, there were some things where I thought, oh, yeah, do you know what? That's really in line with our vision. That's in line with our church vision. And I thought... Well, let's just remind ourselves, very briefly, our, our vision, there's three things in our vision. Some of you will know this. Some of you may have never heard it before. Three things. We believe God has said to us, these prophetically, going back some years, to be a city of refuge, to be a reprocessing factory, and to be hope carriers. Quick definitions. You can find this all on our website. A city of refuge, a safe place where anyone can experience God's love and meet Jesus. That might be coming here. That might be us being out there. Quick question. Are you a safe person for people? What does that mean? Ponder that a little bit. Are you a safe person, a place where people can open up to you? Because I think it's corporately, but it's also individually. What does it mean to be a safe person? 
We're a reprocessing factory. Interesting was, but that was what was prophesied many years ago, where everyone is changed, becoming all that Father God intended us to be, dealing with stuff from the past, getting rid of all that stuff that holds us back from moving into what God wants. Because God wants us to be this hope carriers. Each person equipped and obedient to what the Holy Spirit says. Wouldn't that be great if every single one of us was doing the things that God wants us to do? That is our vision. And we, we talk about it regularly and we try to outwork that together. So here we are. A few gaps in the wall. Question for you is, what is that for you? What is that gap for you? Notice when we read through Nehemiah 3, somebody didn't take on the whole of the wall. It had to be done by everybody. That means there's a place for you. What is your section? What's the bit that God is after in you? I don't know what it is, what it is for you here. There are some things that you might want to get involved with. We heard about the warm welcome that we're going to be doing here as a church. You might want to get involved with that. The youth cafe that Bigsy's doing. Food bank, community food link, those kind of things. There's lots of things that you can just get yourself involved with. Or it might be something new that God is stirring in you that he wants you to get involved with. Four things, as I was kind of preparing this, just felt God was speaking to me. And uh, this might be relevant for you, but there might be one or two people here who are just saying, they're just holding something, saying, God, I'm just waiting for that sign. You know what? Well, God would say, this is it. This is it. If you're waiting for a sign, this is it. Okay, that might be for you. Second one was, um, this phrase I had in my mind, was joy of the ordinary. Sometimes doing the ordinary can seem a little bit dull and mundane. But actually, we can find joy in the ordinary. I felt God just wanted to encourage maybe one or two people here. It it might feel just ordinary, what you're doing, but he wants to give you a fresh sense of finding joy in the ordinary. Because if that's what God's called you to, that's fantastic. Who am I to judge? That's the second one. Third one is, had this phrase of sense of harnessing. Might be one or two people here who feel like, got some energy, got some, some passion, but not quite sure what to do with it. Just feel like, Maybe there's something you want to get alongside or someone wants to get alongside you just to harness something, work together. Maybe you're, you've seen somebody in the church or uh, in the wider sort of community, Christian community and think, I'd just like to hang out with that person just to kind of get the vibe of what they're like. That might be you. And the fourth category was uh, um, that phrase, step out of the boat. You might be just feeling, oh, can I take that risk? And just God's saying, if I'm calling you, why not? Let's pray. Lord, we want to take a moment just to ponder and to reflect on what's been shared. First and foremost, we ask again that you would renew our minds. Renew my mind, Lord. I want to think more as you think. I want to see more as you see. I want to respond as Jesus responded. Holy Spirit, would you just renew our minds again today? May we stand out as your people, 
because you are doing a great work in us. Lord, as we think about what's going on in this world, there is, it's a bit too much to be honest, I think. You'll be overwhelmed by it. But Lord, I come back to that thing of saying, well, Lord, what's the thing that I can do? What's it that you want of me? Where's my section of the wall? Lord, I pray that you would speak to us individually, that we would hear you and be obedient to you. Lord, I just finally pray for this church here, that you've given us this great vision and uh, we don't want it just to be a nice slogan or something on a website. We want to see that vision become a reality. So help us, help us as leaders, Lord, to discern the times and seasons of how to move that forward. And may we all play our part, just as we read in Nehemiah 3, of so many people who were getting involved, maybe not doing what they felt maybe is their career, but they got stuck in with a bigger picture. So pray you would speak to us. Pray that we would hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.